for any special effects artist that is looking for a better way, more economical way for your casting projects. I suggest that you look up, if you haven't already, Specialty Resin and Chemical for all of your molding needs. Specialty Resin and Chemical is the best kept secret on the planet. Maybe not so much after this ad, but their prices simply cannot be beat. Their shipping is quick, painless, easy, and very, very affordable. So make sure that you go to SpecialtyResin.com and let them know that you appreciate them being a sponsor on the Halloween Unleashed podcast. What did you do with Marnie? She's on the cutting room floor. Welcome to the cutting room. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the cutting room floor. Joined today with another artist in the room, joining Mr. Blani McCollum. How you doing today, sir? Doing good, man. Thank you. How about you? I'm doing great. Um, I wanted to have you on the show for a while because anyone who's seen your stuff just knows you are tremendously talented like oh. it's kind of unfair how good you are at what you do i appreciate it man i really do that's awesome uh, want to just give the people a little backstory on you You're married kids and anything like that oh yeah i'm married uh got two kids boy and a girl a five-year-old boy or seven-year-old boy in my bed my daughter she just turned 12 so it's crazy <laughs> I mean, you're approaching those teenage years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's wild, man. It's like uh, 12 years old going on 18, as they say, you know. God bless you. <laughs> uh, what got you into horror? You know, was it a particular movie? Did you, you know, what fan of Fangoria? What was it that got you exposed to the hobby? I mean, you nailed it. Both those right there. I mean, geez. Uh, I remember being a kid and... Uh, God, me and my buddies, we go and we get the Fangoria magazines. And uh, Famous Monsters of Filmland started doing the reissue, reissues later on in the uh, the 90s and whatnot. My dad had got me into those. And I'd ride my bike up to the bookstore. You know how it goes. <laughs> Buy the magazines, cut the pictures out, put them on my walls. Uh, Vincent Price, Boris Karloff. And then when we got into the Fangoria stuff, man, it was like a whole nother... Jeez, oh, Pete's the gore. It's all about the gore. What was a favorite movie of yours growing up or a particular franchise? Oh, God, there's just so many. I'd say growing up, my favorite would probably have to be probably along the lines of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. That was like one of the first movies I seen when I was a kid, you know, with the Tom Savini effects and all that stuff. My goodness. So it was a, you know you mentioned special effects. Was that kind of something that always intrigued you? Were you kind of always you know artistic as a kid? Uh, yeah, it definitely intrigued me. I don't know if I was very artistic. I remember, uh, I remember flipping through the back of those old uh, um, Fangoria magazines, and you could order the uh, Screamin', the vinyl Screamin' model kits, like the Freddy Kruegers, the the Jasons, and all that stuff. And I'd I'd get those, and I would paint those. And I remember getting in so much trouble because when I would run out of paint, I would steal my uh, my sister's fingernail polish. <laughs> I would use that as paint, <laughs> and I would get yelled at. And you can't hide that smell. You smell that anywhere. My sister would be walking by. 
using my fingernail polish again. So it didn't work out too well, but I tried. <laughs> when did you first kind of like get into making stuff? Because, you know, anyone who sees your art, you make some of the best high quality, you know, or, or paint the best high quality busts out there. When did uh, you pretty- kind of start working into that? Uh, I, I started doing when it, when it, as far as masks, I, I started doing hawks in about 2012, and it's actually a funny story how that came to be. It was a complete accident. Uh, Richard Brooker, who played Jason in Part Three, uh, was going to be at a con in Kentucky. I was living in Kentucky at the time, and he uh, uh, I, I knew he was going to be there, and I wanted to go so bad because that that was one of my favorite movies growing up. Was Friday the Thirteenth Part Three for sure. And uh, um, I had I I didn't have a way to buy, you know, like a, a decent hawk uh, in time. Uh, so I had a cheap Chinese uh, China hawk laying around, and I took and I painted it up, and it was just terrible. Oh my goodness, it was just absolute terrible. And I showed it to Richard Brooker, and he said it looked great. <laughs> but we all know in the back of his head, he's like this poor guy, you know. But he signed it for me. It was awesome, man. And since then, I was hooked. Just completely hooked. Have you still held on to that hawk? Oh yeah, I still got that, and uh, it's put up. I got it put up somewhere in the closet. I think I need to display it. Actually, my goodness, but it's <laughs> it's something that I want to keep for a long time. You know, and you know, unfortunately, you know, Richard's not around anymore, and you know, we've been losing Jasons right. kind of lately. We're in that area of time, you know, especially some of the the you know, luckily guys like Kane and Re and CJ aren't aren't super up there in years, but. You know, guys like Richard, you know, a lot of these big men, you know, especially big stunt men, kind right. of die a little earlier than they should. And, you know, he's unfortunately no longer around. Right. And he was one of my favorite Jasons. Part three was certainly one of my favorites growing up. Oh, for sure, man. For sure. My wife had actually went out and uh, I think it was last year or the year before for uh, Father's Day. She ordered me a uh, signed Ted White mask. I was happy to have that, too. So. And I got that packed away, too. I need to get my stuff together, man. My goodness. <laughs> I say you got to get the display going, man. Gosh, it's crazy. When did you start moving into the like more realistic busts and, and, and resin stuff like you do now? I absolutely hate painting latex masks. I, I don't like playing. It's, it's one of the crazy things. You know, it's like. I, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of painting latex. I mean, I can do it. It's no problem. But resin. I absolutely love doing resin. Of course, the better the sculpt, the easier the easier it is for me as a painter to find the detail and get in there and uh, work in my uh, um, my tones and uh, all that stuff. I'd say I started getting into that. My gosh, I, don't, uh, I just I just I was sick of painting uh, latex masks, and so I wanted to go for something that would last a lot longer. I'd say that's probably what it is. And uh, resin bust, man, you just got to dust them off every once in a while. <laughs> you know, do you, um, as I know you, you mentioned off camera to me that you've sold some of the stuff that you have now. You know, do, right. Is this something you kind of do commercially or is it just kind of when you feel like doing or you got time? You're like, hey, let me just paint a penny wise and whoever wants to buy it buys it. Or do you do things by order? I don't do things by order. I, I actually don't like taking on orders. Is that weird or what? I, I, I uh, um, No. I usually buy the the blanks from artists that I really like, and some of them turn into close personal friends of mine. And I buy the blanks off of them, and I end up painting them. And uh, uh, it just so happens sometimes the people will see it and want it, and they'll offer me something for it. I'm like, oh, my goodness, 
this was supposed to be mine because I, I actually, when I got into painting, um, I'd say what got me into it was the fact that I couldn't afford to go out and spend this kind of money on pieces. So I said, you know, if I taught myself to paint, maybe then I could, uh, uh, have my own personal pieces. So at the end of the day, it all, it would all start as just, these are my personal pieces. And it just so happens that I end up selling almost everything. And I use those funds to buy other stuff and end up selling that. It's just my goodness. You know, and that's kind of how I got into doing hockey masks was, you know. Oh, nice. I can, it's easier for me to go buy, you know, the $12 blank and a can of paint and some, some right. acrylic for 50 cents than to spend 160 bucks on one mask by, by itself. And even if it's not as good, you know, it's a learning process and I can just save a ton of money and get pretty close. But in your case, you know, you make some unreal stuff and we'll see in a minute. Um, But it's just unreal. But but no, I don't think it's weird at all that you don't take on orders because that's how you kind of end up like James Carter, where everyone's like, that's the most talented guy in the room. Let me hit him up. And then before you know it, you got a full year wait list. Because oh, yeah. your stuff's so high in demand, and when you make such quality like you do, it's not you know it's not going to take a day to do that. That's I would imagine weeks of work that go into you know all that detail and fine tuning as you do. Most definitely, I uh, uh, it's crazy because the first time you have an actual, we'll use a Terminator for an example. You you'll sit there and you'll study these screen references. Oh, uh, I remember the first time I ever tried a Terminator, I actually, I, uh, I manned up and bought the, the bust and I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I'm going to do this to it. I'm going to do that to it. I get home and there's this white canvas sitting on my desk and I'm like, how in the hell, what am I going to do here? What did I, did I bite off more than I could chew? Like what's going to happen here? And then I just went into the whole, uh, aspect of only caring about what I want to do. And there's no wrong way to paint a Terminator. I, I see so many people. Um, paint them too clean. I see people paint them really grungy. And at the end of the day, there's no wrong, just like with Myers, you know, look at the H1. There's no real wrong way to do it. It's about perception, you know. And uh, um, I feel like Terminator is the exact same way. I just like a happy medium. I like a grungy, dirty, cleanish type deal, I suppose. But yeah, it takes a while to get it down. But, uh, and I'm still learning. I got a lot to learn still, you know. <laughs> and, you know, especially the, um, the frozen T1000 you did, I mean, I just look at that every every couple of days and I just think, I don't know how you did it, you know, and, and, I, and I won't dare ask your process, but it's it's just unreal and I can't imagine how much time you spent perfecting that. Actually, that, that one didn't take too long. That one was, uh, I, I was able to hide a lot of my flesh mess ups with uh, fake snow. So that was my little, uh, my little secret was the fake snow and a lot of tacky glue. So. It helped me out, and it hit a lot of my mess-ups. Is Terminator your favorite thing to paint? Is, you know, um, and we'll show the people. You've done Pennywise and Jason's and all kind of stuff. You know, I've seen you do quite a few Terminators. Yeah, I'd say he is by far my favorite one to do. He, uh, um, I've done a couple of T3s. I've done a few T2s. And now I've done a couple of T1000s, a clean and a frozen. And uh, um, Terminator, oh, yeah, Terminator by far. This is my favorite one to do. Um, it's my bang zone. I just feel more at home doing him, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that and I really like doing the uh, um, the uh, Rob Zombie H2 bloody versions. I like doing those too. Um, I get burned out on Myers pretty quick. Uh, 
the painting process and all that stuff just I, I like to keep on going and going and going and pushing myself farther and farther each time each piece I do ends up looking better than the last piece and that's what I want to keep on doing uh, a lot of guys get in competition with other people I want to stay in competition with myself you know what I mean and just push uh, Terminator is my absolute favorite to do and I find excuses to do him all the time and you know Everyone I've seen that, you know, responds to your art seems to like it. What what is your overall perception been of how people view your work? Do they hate it? Do they love it? Are they assholes to you? Are they positive? Uh, you're going to get the, you're going to get people that love it and you're going to get people that, um, it's no different than seeing a fly on the wall. It's just, eh, it is what it is. And then you'll get some people that absolutely feel like, like a dog that sees a car driving by, they have to chase it. You know what I mean? Some people will see it and just a lot of people will talk shit. You'll always get people that just want to talk to talk. And but you see a lot of these people, you know, it's I, I tell a lot of the people, especially new guys getting into this, not to chase likes, because I've seen some people do some amazing pieces that were just amazing, better than anything I could ever do and not get a lot of love. And then somebody do something and just it just blows up with all this um, interaction and uh, uh, but yeah you're gonna you're gonna get your love you're gonna get your hate and I'm, I'm happy to say that I'm so thankful for anybody that would take the time to even look at my work let alone write a comment tell me it looks great anything like that so I'm truly blessed in that aspect oh no I don't know how they couldn't because you know anyone who's seen your stuff I mean it's just unreal and I feel like you kind of came out of nowhere like everyone's like hey you see Lonnie stuff I'm like who's Lonnie <laughs> and I go look and it's like, oh, there's a Terminator and Pennywise. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this dude isn't selling these things. You make a you make a fuckload of money doing this. Uh, yeah, I, it, I appreciate that. I really do. It's a uh, it's just a hobby that I don't want to turn into a job because yeah, um, I get burned out so easily on things. My goodness, no matter what it is, uh, this one I want to do for a long time. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh well, are, are your kids? They're definitely going to want to be into this. No. My son loves Super Mario. He hates all this stuff. He doesn't want anything to do with it. He isn't scared of it. You know, I'll go get him and I'll be like, hey, Landon, check this out. Check this out. I'm insanely excited about this um, flesh tone. Yep, looks cool. On to the next thing, you know, so. Maybe one day he'll appreciate how talented his dad is. Uh, maybe. I, I appreciate that. He might, uh, if I play a couple of levels with Mario with him, I'm sure he'll tell me anything I want to hear. <laughs> or until you uh, until you paint him up a Mario to have in the room. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I never thought of that. That might work out. Right, let's let's show some of the people the stuff you've got because you've got a about two shelves behind you of some of some incredible work. Okay, let's see what we got here. Now a lot of this stuff is just what I have so far. We got the. Yeah, uh, that's insane. That's the uh, Terminator Three. He was actually just finished yesterday. And on the note of Terminator, what do you think of, of the franchise as a whole, aside from T1 and T2? I absolutely... Ah, you got me with the T1, T2 thing. Okay. Terminator 3, I, I liked where they were going with that to an extent. I don't like the character, uh, how they portrayed John Connor as much. Um, actor, uh, it just wasn't for me. The... Uh, um, you know, I hate to say it, I'm I'm a fan of Terminator uh, Genesis. I really am. 
I really liked how they went and brought the uh, part one Arnold in. Even if it was just for a little bit, I thought it was really cool. Uh, Salvation was all right. I've not seen Dark Fate. I've heard a lot of people say it looks great and some people don't like it. But I don't like uh, hearing other people's opinions on it because I like a lot of movies that people hate. I mean, I heard so many people talk about It Chapter 2 and they hated it. And I watched it and I loved it more than the first one. You know, so... I would definitely agree with you on the T3. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Salvation. Just right. Not because it's, not because it's bad. It's just something about it just seems kind of misplaced. And I think it's because, you know, the first three kind of had like, not a formula per se, but they, they were they're all pretty similar. And then oh, you jump, yeah. you know, eight years into the future, everything's CGI. There's no flesh-covered Terminators. Yep. And then you got Christian Bale yelling at people on set. Um <laughs> I like Genesis more. It's probably my third favorite. I have also yet to see Dark Fate, but right. I, I kind of I'm, t- I'm sick of them kind of rebooting the franchise every couple of years with movies that don't go with the previous one. Especially the Terminator. They're they're hanging him. They're bleeding anything they can out of the franchise. Uh, some movies. I'm, I I honest to God wish they would have stopped after T two. I mean, your imagination in your mind how you could have predicted what happened to Sarah and John after that whole incident is probably better than anything that could have been filmed later on. You know, and I just really wish we could have been left in our own, you know, mindset to think of what we, what we think might have happened. Cause it was such a great movie. It was an amazing movie. You know, I really don't think there could have been, I don't think there's any way a Terminator three could have satisfied anybody. No, they're, they're, especially when you try to top something like T2. I mean, my goodness, man. Even, oh my gosh, even James Cameron probably knew it in the back of his head. Well, this is going to be the last one, probably. This is going to be my last one. I don't know if I can do any more after this. All of our hits are on this one movie right here. It's going to be hard to top it. But, um, man, it just teaches you so much. You know, and just, it, we were so used to seeing Arnold be bad in the first one, and now he's good in the second one. And there's a crazy. Uh, liquid metal alloy guy chasing him around and he's a cop my goodness you know so it was everything it had all the check marks for me oh no I, I think that movie's perfect from start to finish right all right what's the next piece we got for the people okay we were talking about pennywise earlier and this Man, look at that is a uh, uh, one that i had fa- i think this was the first bust i painted of the new year of 20. 20- 2020 but um he was a fun one to paint i actually i got a hold of uh i don't know if you're familiar with dark side studios i got a hold of uh dark side paul who's just a great guy man he's an amazing guy and i asked him about this and uh he sent me one of these and i painted it up and uh, initially this was going to be a full-size full-size mannequin type deal but uh my wife talked me into a <laughs> just a little, uh, I guess, little chess piece section going on here. But um, I wanted to do something crazy with the teeth. A lot of people point out that uh, um, the teeth aren't exactly as accurate. And in the first one, towards the end at the nightmare scene, when everybody's hitting him, or not the nightmare scene, towards the end when everybody's hitting him and he's turning into all these various creatures, you see something that resembles these teeth, those teeth. And that's what the pattern was to do these, and I didn't want to do it that way. I wanted to throw my own little uh, heart on it. You know what I mean? My own little thing, I guess. 
Well, if anyone doesn't like him, they can just keep scrolling because they ain't right. chilled. <laughs> exactly. I think that's going to be the next t-shirt design we come out with for, for the deep public side is a just keep scrolling shirt. Nice. I, I wish I, I wish a lot of people would take that advice, man. My goodness. Like, goddamn, you know, if it's if it's something you're ordering, by all means, get it to your liking. But just because right. it's not the way you would do it doesn't mean it's wrong. Fuck on. And then and, and how many how many it's do we see where they all look like the movie? I mean, you could be one of those type of people. You could paint it exactly like the movie every time. And there's nothing wrong with that by no means. Same with Terminators. But I like to add my own little my own little thing to them and make them sort of mine and unique in a sense. You know what I mean? So it has your little fingerprint on it, and that's that's a good thing, you know? How does the missus feel about uh, all of this stuff? That's probably the number one question I get asked the most. I get asked that from my my friends, my family, and she she's actually very cool with it. She she likes it. She will she will. I will sit down and paint something, and I'll be on a roll, man. I'll feel like I'm on a roll, and I'll be real proud of myself, and I'll walk away. She'll be like, "Oh, flesh tone's too dark." I'm like what? <laughs> <laughs> so I get constructive criticism, but I get it in a good way from her. You know, I don't know. Feel like your last one looked a little bit better. You know, stuff like that. So there's always that, but there's sometimes I have to be like, "No, you're wrong. You're wrong." And then I'm repainting it later, and she's walking by. With... <laughs> but yeah, she's oh, cool. Man. That's always great, you know. You know, it would be a little bit difficult for you if she's like, "No, get this shit out of here. I don't want to see this fucking clown every day." <laughs> oh yeah, I have a great support system, man. My family, my family's awesome. All right. What's the next piece we got for everybody? Uh, we will go and look at the uh, frozen. T-1000 here. I don't know if you guys got a good view of that or not. Goodness, that's beautiful. Yeah, that was a that was a fun piece to do right there. I was so nervous about doing him. My goodness, was I nervous. And uh, uh, the thing that made me the most nervous was I was thinking in my head, how the hell am I going to get him to, to look snowy? You know, and I even went as far as to buying that stuff people spray on the Christmas trees. It didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work at all. And I know in the original uh, T2, they did actually use uh, Robert, Robert Patrick. He got uh, sprayed with the uh, uh, fake snow in an aerosol can and whatnot. But, of course, with the resin bus, we can't do that because you don't want it to just fall off. So this is basically just a mix of uh, acrylic uh, whites over top of a, a really vibrant flesh tone. Uh, and then, uh, um, you know, the, the fake snow that you get from Michael's, uh, put on top of that glued down and then sealed with, a um, like a mate, uh, spray paint. Of course, everything's glued on. That's a real helmet up there. Uh, the real, the shirt is an actual LAPD, uh, police officer shirt. I probably could have got away with just using a regular, uh, shirt, but I would have known it was, a regular shirt and that's all it takes sometimes and i'm so skeptical i'm i'm so critical of my own work if i see just this one little thing that'll bother me i'll either have to fix it or try to ignore it and i can't ignore it <laughs> oh yeah it's those little details that that nobody else would notice but you would know be like nope can't do it the ocd is too strong oh yeah yeah and it 
it uh um with me it bothers me oh my god if if i know that there's a it's like no matter what piece i'm doing even if it's a piece i've never done before i uh um i have to sit down and pay as much attention to detail as i can and you learn uh more and more about detail the more you do and you know i think essentially it's the little things the littlest things that put the cherry on top of pieces like vein work um uh, liver spots birthmarks uh all that stuff overtones flesh tones a lot of people they'll i'll help people out when they ask me what colors i use for flesh tones and a lot of them are surprised when i say i use purples reds yellow yellow where the hell is the yellow i don't see no damn yellow in there but yeah i, I, I mix a sometimes uh um I have a pretty basic pattern for what I do, but a lot of the time I will, uh, uh, I'll wing it as I go. Seriously. I'll just have to feel the moment. I'll be like, ah, oh, those, uh, those purples that go into the reds of this flesh tone. What if I was to do uh, a slight ochreish yellow over top of those and make it pop a little harder, like a bruise, you know, so there's just little, little things in there that I like to do. You know, trial and error is always your best friend. All right. <laughs> Um, so what else we got for the people? I saw a nice little predator bust up there. Oh yeah. This, this one right here is actually still under repair from uh, Halloween last year, but this is huge, man. Oh my goodness. It's huge. That's actually a removable bio. You can see the little, uh, little dreads. They're polyfoam dreads coming out right there. And then this turns on and it turns into a laser. And this will go over your whole head. I'm actually working on a whole suit right now. So it'll be better than last year's uh, get up. But my goodness, is it heavy. It's a very heavy piece. And the dreads actually weigh the back down so that uh, you could wear the mask and not have it fall off your head in the front there. So. I think it looks huge. It looks like a motorcycle helmet. Yeah, it, actually, it's funny you say that because the lens underneath the bio itself are from a motorcycle face shield. You know, oh, they're wow. just out. Yeah, they're just cut out a specific way and uh, um, glued into there and whatnot. And right now, the uh, I, I actually wore that on Halloween. That was really cool. Uh, I actually wore it on Halloween, and it was freezing out, and we got freezing rain that day. And the circuits inside of my uh, bio, um, the, it just stopped working. Just didn't work at all, altogether. You know, and just I have to go back in and I have to fix the LED inside of there and whatnot. And the actual foam, the the foam dreads, the polyfoam dreads, it actually absorbed a lot of the water from Halloween when it was raining, and it froze them. <laughs> so they were like halfway frozen and whatnot, and it was just crazy. It was just wild, but. I had a lot of fun. Completely worth it. <laughs> What's a little bit of frostbite? Well, you know, the funny part is, is I didn't have predator feet at the time. And I had to make these sandals with armor on them. And I'm just wearing a full bodysuit. I mean, I, did, I don't even know if I had socks on. I was just so hyped from the adrenaline. I just wanted to get out there. <laughs> and uh, first thing I did when I stepped out of the car, stepped right in a damn mud puddle, man. Right in a mud <laughs> puddle. And my, my feet were so cold. I started off walking around just freezing soaking ass wet feet <laughs> dressed as the predator walking around. <laughs> uh, good times and then you gotta you know then you're rushing to put the suit on i know this past halloween i was uh part six jason and um 
Nice. You know, just about this time of day, you know, what not very dark kids shouldn't be out. And I start seeing them coming down. And, you know, as skinny as I am, I'm stuffing a hoodie under the shirt, under the hood, trying to poop myself <laughs> up. And I'm like, God damn it, where are the boots at? Shit. And they're coming down the road, and I'm, I'm, I'm walking out in pants. I'm about, you know, I didn't have the belt on yet, so I'm trying to keep my pants from falling down. I scared the shit out of them, pulled the spear. Oh, it was a nightmare. <laughs> oh, nice, though. That's awesome, though. Uh, did you paint Jason that's up there? Okay, yeah, so... This one right here, yeah, I painted uh, this hawk right here, and that was uh, that goes on to this uh, Debach Hangman right here. This is the part three Jason uh, Debach Hangman. He uh, uh, got it off Daniel Bachman, and uh, I bought it, of course, as a blank. And he uh, uh, he sent it to me, and the first thing I noticed is how heavy it was. My goodness, it's like two inches thick of just pure resin. And so I, uh, uh, I painted him up and had this hawk. Actually, Joshua Deadman helped walk me through on uh, doing a lot of that part three right there. And I definitely didn't want it to look like the first Richard Brooker mask I painted, like we talked about earlier. So it, it uh, I wanted to do something just a little bit different, you know. And I'm, I'm happy with it. The mask can actually fit over the the face pretty well. I was nervous about it. But it ended up working out uh, pretty well, you know. So. Yeah, those China Hawks, you know, depending on the, on the straps you get, they can pull a mask really tight because the blanks aren't super thick. That's what that's what I was nervous about. Uh, it's funny because this this blank is from uh, I think uh, Tony Jarvis, but uh, I had broken the uh, straps that came with it, so I had to use those cheap China Hawk straps on this and i was so nervous that it wouldn't fit and when i did get it on the hangman it was kind of it was kind of tight and uh uh it gave it that you know how in part three it's kind of tight almost like a taco on his face in some scenes because of the hoodie was wearing and it pulled that off and i was like okay i'm happy with it never mind i'm good and those cheap i'll tell you what man those cheap uh china hawks man there's they're I think uh, with the right person behind them, they can look just as good as any high-end, expensive-ass blank that there is out there. I'm not even kidding, man. I've painted a few of those myself, and some, there, there was one China Hawk I painted. I painted a part three that I really liked. I wanted to keep it. I didn't want to sell it, and my son ended up getting it from me. And he actually dressed up as Jason last year for Halloween. He dressed up as a uh, he dressed up as the Richard Brooker one, but then he got mad and wanted to switch it out to uh, his part four mask for whatever reason. I don't know why. <laughs> but uh, either one's a winner in my book, part three or four. Hey, I'm happy with it. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. Is that uh, all of it? You got any more back there, or was that all of it? Everything is pretty much sold. I'm, as you can see, here's a Predator blank I'm going to be working on here soon. This is actually for my father-in-law. And it is huge, man. This pre- I think Casey McCabe sells these uh, blanks. But you That's can see massive. It. Yeah, oh my gosh. It's it's about as big as the bio attached to the actual Predator mask itself of what I have. You know, so it, it's pretty wild. Like, it's it's huge. I put it on and it, uh, it was just too big on my head, you know. Oh, but that's wearable, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally wearable. Uh, and then Casey can uh, make them for you. He does a part two Predator 2. 
and uh, I really wanted to get in on that eventually. But with anything Predator, you've got to have some seriously deep pockets. <laughs> I found that out the hard way. Even if it's all do-it-yourself stuff, um, it can get pretty expensive. Oh, yeah, because a lot of guys, especially if it's ground-up sculptor, has any kind of film lineage, they're going to charge a high premium just to kind of weed out some people, uh, like Nikos does. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, um, I remember, and, and that's just crazy. You know, I, I, I have so many, so many talented artists who sculpt these things out. Like, uh, I, I remember talking about the leprechaun here for a second. I remember I looked for a leprechaun blank for the longest time. And I, I, I seen some ones I liked, but a lot of the artists didn't really care to uh, pour one up for me, so to speak. And uh, 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 my buddy Dominic Morello, I, I, I reached out to him, and he had an amazing, he has an amazing leprechaun that he does. And uh, I got that and painted that up, and I ended up selling it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, I'd, one thing about all this that, that makes you know, it is the networking. I like meeting the people that sculpt this stuff. And, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that I think paint painting adds a serious cherry on top of things because you can take a uh, crappy sculpt with a seriously good painter and make, make something look great, you know, because that painter is going to know how to find detail, paint on the detail if they have to to make it look good. But if you have a great, great sculpt, I mean, amazing sculpt, and this person can't really bring it to life, it just doesn't get appreciated. You know, so I feel like uh, uh, painters painters really do bring the life into the piece itself. So. Oh, yeah. Exactly like yourself, you know, you, you could have a dozen people buy that same Predator blank, and it's going to have a dozen different results when you get done with it, and yours would oh, stand yeah. on top as the best. Right there, there's, and that's another thing. There's no wrong way to paint a predator either. My goodness, I see, I see so many predator concept pieces painted up, and a jungle hunter is hard to paint. A predator too. My goodness, man, I've never had to paint one, but I see the design in it, and I just look at it and go, oh. But uh, predator, predator is never an easy paint up. No matter, even if it's your own concept, he's he's a creature, you know, and it's really hard to get the tones to, you know to pop the way you want them to without making it look uh, too forced, especially those, uh, those um, giraffe patterns on the top of the head up there and whatnot. And so it, it's a pain in the butt. Freddy Krueger's are a pain in the butt too. My goodness. Uh, those are Freddy Krueger's. You were talking earlier about uh, if Terminators are my favorite to do. Yeah, I'd say they are. And I'd say the Freddy Krueger ones are up there too. I, I really like doing a Nightmare on, El, Nightmare on Elm Street ones. And you think you have them figured out. You're like, oh, man, uh, I did this one. I knocked it out. I could do another one. And it's like you're you're relearning every time you do it because you're either going too dark or too light. Or I just have fun with it, you know. And that seems like more of a challenge when you're doing these more difficult sculpts like a Predator or, or a Kruger where you got all these super small, minute details throughout the whole thing that are, one, very time-consuming but equally fun in the challenge of trying to do it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, um, like I said, some of the, some of these guys that um, sculpt these, they, they put a lot of detail into the sculpt and it helps you out as a painter too, because you don't have to um, accidentally force anything. You can actually follow the sculpt 
lines of what they have there and use them to your benefit. I've gotten some Freddy sculpts that I've, I've painted some of Dave Miller stunt masks that uh, he sold. And those are, those are pretty, those are pretty decent to paint. Uh, and then I've gotten some that just had no detail really. It seemed like, and you just had to do your own. And it's just like, my goodness, you know, I know cosplay. Chris makes a really good uh, resin Freddy two piece. That's a really cool piece. I really enjoyed doing that one. And yeah, besides that predator, do you have any big plans coming up? Any anything that you haven't done yet that you're going to try? Uh, I got to. Uh, um, let's see here. After this T3, I'm doing another T3. Then I got to go and, uh, of course, I got to finish building up the predator costume. Then I got to do this predator right here. And I'm talking to Howard Semp from Howard Semp Studios, and I'm going to be painting up a uh, a Blair from the movie The Thing. I am a huge fan of John Carpenter's The Thing. And when I found out he had those blanks, I just couldn't contain myself. <laughs> I had to get up. You know, me and my dad used to watch that movie religiously, like every day, for whatever reason. Just watch it. Just put it in and watch it. And then a couple of weeks ago, I started driving my wife nuts. Uh, I watched that movie like every day for a week straight, right before bed, <laughs> but in The Thing. <laughs> so I, w- I was absolutely tickled. So now, you know, my poor wife, she gets to lay down and watch the thing almost every day for a week or two straight. And now her husband goes out and buys the damn bust. So it gets to, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and then I get to talk about it the whole fucking time. So she's going to be like, oh, my goodness. Well, I think, you know, a lot of people would say the thing is even better than Halloween in terms of Carpenter's work. And and I don't there are very few people I've ever talked about or talked with that say the 1980 version isn't the best of all of them. Right. I, I'm a huge, one of the biggest misconceptions about me is that I'm a huge, huge horror fan. And I, I love horror, but it's not what I'm, when I was a kid, I was absolutely attracted to the cool aspect of it. I'm not a gore guy. I'm, I'm not huge on blood. I get grossed out easy. Actually. I'm more of like the cool, the cool looking factor of like the, Jason to me was never scary. He was cool. You know what I mean? Michael, the same thing. Uh, but when you think about like the way Carpenter, you know, did Halloween is just so creepy, man. I mean, think about it for a minute. You're a, you're a young high school girl. You're with your friends and you've got this guy just following you around this creep, you know, and next thing you know, he's trying to kill you and your friends. You're seeing him everywhere. You know, you look outside and he's in the bushes and shit, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just creepy. You know, you compare that to today's standards and that movie just holds up. It really does hold up, you know. Because, you know, it doesn't go deep in the tropes. It's, it's all about suspense and, and right. score adding so much. And it's not a lot of blood and not really any. And it's just less is more. And I think sometimes as later movies prove, sometimes some people just want to see blood and guts. And that's fine for the people that like that kind of thing. But a movie that stands the test of, test of time, like a Halloween or a thing, doesn't have to do all that. Or it'll have something unique about it, you know, like get the end of, of the thing. And, you know, just kind of those clever things of, you know, take drinking this whiskey. You know, are you the alien or am I the alien? You know, what's going on here? And, you know, it doesn't always have to be a concise, clear answer, but, you know, the main characters in the audience are like, okay, I see what you did there. Nod, nod, wink, wink. It's it's funny because 
there we go again uh, with the whole uh, um, when we were talking about T2 and I said that our imaginations could have probably done better than anything they could have filmed. John Carpenter left that to us in the thing. He let us decide who we thought the thing might be. It could, it, maybe it was none of them, but it's whatever you think it is. You know, uh, half of me thinks it's Kurt Russell. Half of me thinks it's the other guy. So I, I'm at the point to, I think that they were both the thing and maybe they didn't realize that they were both the thing. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I think that, uh, um, Kurt Russell doesn't even know. I was watching a commentary and, uh, he said the, to John Carpenter, so we all agreed that I wasn't the thing at this point, right? And John's like, well, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's funny. I mean, it's up to you to decide it. And that's why there's not many directors like Carpenter. Uh, I'm a huge Halloween 1 fan. Any of the other Halloweens, I'm just not a huge fan of. I really liked what, what Rob Zombie did with, uh, with his Halloween series. I really did like that. Um, but just... The original Halloween, man, that that did everything for me. I mean, that was awesome. Oh no, I watch that movie at least once a month just because you know it's my favorite of all time, and oh, I don't yeah. think it's matched by anything. And it's funny because I'll, I'll I love watching movies like that, but then you'll catch me watching movies like uh, like Maniac Cop, you know, and stuff like that. And uh, not a lot of people know who he is, you know. It's like I, I had painted up a Maniac Cop. I uh, um. I, I got in the blank from, uh, uh, I think, Andrew Swift from Swift Creation. He makes an awesome Maniac Cop. He paints up a great Maniac Cop. And I got one off him, and I painted it up. And uh, my my wife's uncle was like, you know, you paint up a lot of the dudes that a lot of people have never really heard of. And I was like, yeah, I feel like that's the key. I feel like that's the key to get people's interest, too. Not only am I a fan of the movie, and I genuinely wanted to keep that for my collection, which I ended up selling to. Um, you you take in, you want these characters, and there's something about you that brings back a memory for me. So I instantly want it in my collection. That's how I am. And uh, uh, I feel like a lot of these people, they see, a, they see a lot of Pennywises. I mean, you can go to Walmart right now and see Pennywise on a coffee mug. Uh, when we were kids, you didn't get to see stuff like that, man. Uh, you know, they, when Spencer's came out, you started seeing Chucky, everything running around. Uh, you know, I just remember being a kid and we didn't even have those cheap China Hawks. We didn't even have stuff like that. You know, we had that cheap little dollar store one that had the, the holes in the wrong places. Yes. <laughs> I got that one and it was, it was actually harder than the glow in the dark soft one, you know? And so I thought I was hot shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> I had one actually that had lights in the forehead. Oh, nice! I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, it was super stupid. You turn it on, and it would just flash in a circle of, of like four <laughs> yellow lights. I don't know what the point was, but it, you know, it was seven bucks. Yeah, why not? It's funny. I, I I remember being a kid too, and the Halloween masks, the Michael Myers mask that we got. Uh, I remember it being the mask. It was called the mask. And the hair was so unmanageable. It would just shoot out everywhere like a Ben Tramer looking thing going on, you know. And uh, uh, there was just nothing right about it. And my hair would always fall off on it. I remember that. You just couldn't style it or do anything with it, you know. So people are very fortunate to get these things, even from tops, you know. People are very fortunate to get these. these we didn't throw them, you know? Oh, I would have killed for when 
because I have this, and I don't even know what it is. It's not, it's not a Don Post, but it's like some circa 2007 Trankus licensed Myers mask. Like, like you said, it's got unmanageable hair, no detail. It's thin as paper. And, and you know, I remember when Tots first came out, of, you know, six, seven years ago. And I would have killed to have that, you know, when I was watching these movies for the first time, oh, even yeah. unconverted, because, you know, for 60 bucks, they're not bad. No, no. And I remember Spencer's had released around the two time H2O came out. They released another. It was like a derpy looking Michael Myers mask. And I thought that looked so cool, too. Looking back on it, I'm like, oh, my goodness. But, yeah, I wanted that one bad, too. Actually, I'd seen Halloween H2O in theaters. And uh, um, I've actually talked to Chris Duran online here and there, and he's actually a really cool down-to-earth guy. And that's the thing about a lot of these actors is you wouldn't expect them to be as nice as they are. You know, some of them are uh, fighting for time, so they might not be able to write you and stuff, and a lot of people take that to heart. And You know, a convention changes people. You know, a lot of these guys might be irritable at conventions because they're sitting down constantly writing, autographing, you know, all this other good stuff, but... Chris Duran was a cool guy. Yeah, I'm trying really hard to get him on the show. Yeah, he's a uh, uh, he's real down to earth. Uh, from what I've talked to him, uh, I remember I uh, um, I I rehauled a H2O. I think it was I rehauled a rehauled H2O. I got a rehauled H2O that I got online, and I didn't care for it very much. So I. When I say a rehaul, I'm using that term loosely because what I really did was just slightly highlight some areas and restyle the hair. And I posted it on uh, Facebook, and this is a while back, and uh, he commented on it. And I was like, what? My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> he knows That's quite the compliment. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, anything else for the people before we sign off? Man, I, I just appreciate anybody who takes the time to look at the stuff that I paint. I look at it like it's just a fun thing to do, helping out other people uh, in a hobby that could be filled with drama one day, and then the next day just you know be a whole different world. It's just fun to have this escape for us all, and we have to remember it is an escape at the end of the day. You know, it's something that we're all into together, and you know we got other things to worry about than fighting with each other about this stuff and being rude to each other and whatnot, but. For the people that do support each other's work, man, that, that means everything. It really does. It can change somebody's, not just their whole day, but their whole demeanor. You know what I mean? Uh, but, uh, yeah, I definitely appreciate you having me on here. Uh, look forward to it. It's awesome. I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate anybody that takes the time to like or comment on anything that I post. It's just It's just wild. No, I definitely appreciate you coming on, and I'm glad to see more people that have that perspective of, let's just enjoy this. You know, it's a hobby. It's there to make you happy. It's not there to ruin your day. It's it's quite the opposite of what it's there to do. So exactly, you, you're not burned out on it. I appreciate it. No, I don't, I don't think I ever could. You know, I see so many people get tight-lipped about things, and if that's what they want to do, do it. But we got to think of ourselves. But I know, I know a lot of people, including myself, my goodness, uh, it, it 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 takes a while for us to come up with a formula that works on certain things. And uh, um, a lot of people don't like to share that information. And for a while, there were some things that I didn't like to share, but I'm at the point now where it's just like, you know, it, 
It don't matter. It really don't matter. We're all in this to have fun, you know. If somebody gets better than you, oh, well. You know, just suck it up and move forward. You know, just try harder. Get better than him, you know. Uh, just have fun at the end of the day, you know. Well, everyone watching or listening, you can catch Lonnie in, in, in all the major Facebook groups that were a part of Horror Forever, Michael Myers, Mass Collectors, all those good ones. And you can check out his fantastic work. Um, check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Support us on the T Public Store. And for Lonnie McCullum, until next time, guys, we're going to leave it here on the cutting room floor. Thanks for listening to Halloween Unleashed featuring the cutting room floor. Be sure to follow us at anchor.fm slash Halloween Unleashed and on our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash groups slash Halloween Unleashed. For all video versions of the cutting room floor, please visit youtube.com slash user slash Dylan Cloud 97 and subscribe. Be sure to share our episodes on social media and we'll be back next week with an all new episode.